the year is 2023. All media and entertainment is controlled by the Corp House. They keep asking for more and more and more. But there's one thing they forgot. The power has never belonged to the Corp and a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and ask yourself what makes you come alive, and go chunk that, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So come alive! Can't have, I think what the world <laughs> needs that. now is love, sweet love. It's there. And come alive. What the world needs now is come alive. I don't mm. think I could be more clear that that's what the world needs. Mm-hmm. I'm Carter, mm-hmm. and... Oh, to be chunk, and to feel love's keen sting. That's a quote from Albus Dumbledore. Oh, oh, you make me sad. You try to make me sad. I'm is what you, you do on the like podcast. Cool. A quote from Albus Dumbledore, and that's a quote from Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Albin Dumbledops. Uh, and that's the because wickedly talented album <laughs> Dimbledops. Alvin Damaris. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get to the sad, let's talk about the happy. One of the big reasons that we are in the shadow cast, <laughs> dude, is if because you presented we are at the Oscars, <laughs> you would butcher every single name. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Our podcast is like if if John Travolta came true. If John Travolta yeah, was real, would it would be our podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. I've always wanted John Travolta to be real. <laughs> I would look and see like, I look at the nominees and I'm like, oh, no. Timothy Chalamet, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, God. <laughs> They're all nominated. You'd be like, yeah, that would sh- be very sh- bad sh- for me. Sh- 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 oh, got it in one. There he goes. Mm. I'm the Oscar things. for best original song goes to Dula Lipla. <laughs> Dula Gre- Gretel Her Gretel Herzog. I would like to uh, see the Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> The Bobby is infinite years old. <laughs> the asset. Oh my goodness! Oh, um, the writer strike is over. They're they're saying tentative, yep. and I guess that's just because I would imagine any agreement is tentative contractually to some extent. But there's a lot of good things that yeah. come from this. A uh, uh, lot of details on AI and what they can and can't use it for as writers, and what the AI can and can't get credit for. Um, there's also obviously pay, minimum pay has increased. There's a certain uh, higher limit now in terms of the amount of writers that have to be uh, in the writing room yeah. for certain pieces. That was a big deal. Was there any of the details I'm missing for those that might have read that? I'm sure there's a handful. I think that's the like main one. The, the main one that stood out to me was the expanded writers' rooms. Yeah, yeah. expanded writers' rooms. And so, excellent, excellent, Get excellent. That paper. And so they are still, yeah, they are not picketing anymore, but they're still technically on strike. Again, that might not be the case as of when this releases, but uh, they are now pushing some of their support, uh, even more of their support over to SAG-AFTRA as as the Actors Guild is still in the works for certain things. Um, I think also there's some streaming residuals that writers are getting now. 
uh, which is so. a great Good. sign for what is certainly one of the main points of what the actors uh, mm. are pushing. Yeah. And so it's a great start. It's a really good You know start. what they say though? One one strike ends, another strike begins. Did you guys see that uh, video game voice actors are joining the strike? The yeah. striking Go actors. Go for it, baby. Yep. Yeah. Get that paper. Yeah, that's a big deal. Creativity shouldn't be free. You know what I mean? Like just because it's a creative, it's a creative mm-hmm. job doesn't mean that the people who do it. I feel like that gets conflated a lot, where it's like, oh, you love this thing, and it's just a creative thing, so just mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I mean, it it is specifically a marketable skill that not everyone possesses, so they should be getting paid for it. How much do you think we should charge for this episode of our podcast when we put it up for sale for people to buy and listen to? I'll pay. I'll pay like ninety nine cents per person who listens. I think. Oh, charge yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> Are oh, we about to go on strike? Negative, negative ninety nine cents. Who would we, we be striking it. against? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, this is good. Hold on, this is good. Um, I'm gonna. I'll strike against uh, cookie cutter cookie cutter movies coming out. Like, give me, like I'll strike against. Oh, Disney. I'll just strike against Disney. Yeah. What if we struck? Mm, what if we struck winnable. against Disney and be like, "Hey, Disney, you make it hard for us to make interesting podcasts." Yeah. We've already made this episode before Disney. <laughs> Disney, Guys. we've already recorded this episode. So, Disney is really getting creative in terms of oh, first time the assets, the assets <laughs> that they own. So, uh-huh. Disney owns ABC and ESPN. So, Sunday oh, morning in say, London, dude. this is. This is weird. Sunday morning in London, the Jaguars will be playing the Atlanta Falcons. And there's been international games for the NFL, international hosts for quite a while now to try and, you know, obviously spread the love, make more money, things like that. Uh, But this one is going to be uh, commentated by Toy Story characters and that that's okay, fine. Like Nickelodeon's had some fun stuff with doing like slime time and stuff during games. That's all yeah. kind of like this inoculation of getting. I Carly's talking about the, baseball. Yeah, love <laughs> love for football to kids. Um, but the most interesting thing about this is the players themselves in real time are going to be turned into toys. I'm so intrigued at what that And it's going to be broadcast from the floor of Andy's room. Yeah. So I don't think that's a good idea, personally. (laughs) Because players tend to hurt. There was actually one that died last year. Thank God he came back to life. DeMar Hamlin died on the field on Monday Night Football. Was resuscitated. And so you're saying that we're going to have... Can't couldn't this be scarring? Like, what if somebody breaks their Could leg? Be. How does Andy's room manipulate that? I, I think it is less, pretend to less be traumatizing. When shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's less traumatizing for sure to see the body of a toy mm. br- break and crumble than it is of yeah. a human. That's sure. true. Just like a are the are the players going like, to be oh, toys no, or are the toys going to be watching the game on the floor of Andy's room? Like, well, the players look Dude, like I toys. Both the That's players are so toys. Intrigued. The players yeah, are I, animated as little football toys on the floor insane. of Andy's room. Yeah. AI is really scary. Um, yeah. You know what though? Call me when a game is broadcast live from the Bubble Bowl in Bikini Bottom, and the halftime show is the <laughs> same song from that episode of SpongeBob. Then I'll be interested, dude. Goofy Goober. <laughs> when, when when the halftime show is, is sweet, sweet victory. Oh no, it's sweet, sweet victory. Oh. It's I had yes. that episode on. Do you guys remember? I think it was called a video now, and it was like a little like mini disc player with a screen built in. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had yeah. one of those, and I had that. You episode. watch it, and then seven days later, you die. Right? That's what that is. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Of yeah. giggling, I'll tell you that much. Sandy comes crawling <laughs> die out of the screen. <laughs> the, uh, the halftime show for Toy Story game is Duke Kaboom. It's Keanu's yeah. character from Toy Story <laughs> 4, so which sick. is very fun. <laughs> so Amazing. Sick. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't, I don't remember how we got there, but that's where we were. There's something um, vaguely I did quote, dystopian to me about the fact that our computer 
our like our computing, our graphical, and our AI power is enough to do something like this, but it hasn't made it many of our lives much easier yet. And so it's like <laughs> all of the all of the effort is going into entertaining us. Um, feels like feels like we're rapidly oh, wow. approaching a real let them eat cake situation. Um, why do you think yeah, Why do you think our podcast funny. has become so radical over the last eight episodes? Why do you think that's we think true? It's a we've talked anti corpo stance. We've talked a lot about anti corpos and a lot about like uh, down with the bourgeoisie. We're getting dangerously, dangerously close. You know, we're right up on the edge. Uh, I quoted uh, earlier uh, from the Albus Dumbledore. And we lost a good one. We had a supernova last week in losing Michael Gambon. And it feels like once October starts to roll around, uh, it's for some people, it's heading to Stars Hollow. For some mm. people, it's heading to Hogwarts. It does feel like once October hits and the fall hits, there's a lot of these movie marathons. And I can We're only about imagine to head to Forks, be- Washington in my house. <laughs> <laughs> about to watch through Twilight again. Oh, man, I love that. We need to do that. Uh, but in honor of Michael Gambon, he was 82 years old. I guess mm-hmm. because he played Dumbledore, he felt older. We were talking about how Michael Caine has announced his retirement from the movie business at 92, a decade older. Yeah. Um, um, than, than Michael I Gambon. would have thought Michael Caine was 92 like 10 years ago, though. Same. I feel like he's been 92 for a while. Yeah. 100%. And he's going to come back in 10 years when, you know, Nolan does maybe his penultimate film or something like that. The darker night. He's still going to kill it, dude. The darkest night, dude. Yeah. Um, In honor of uh, our recent Supernova, I thought we could play an old classic game here on Two Chunks and a Hunk. It's been a while. Let's play A Star Was Born. In A Star Was Born, I take usually today, sometimes yesterday's stars that had birthdays uh, very recently. And we go through their credits. I say how many credits this star has. These guys take three random shots at that credit list to try and guess which star was born. Our first two stars were actually born yesterday, October 1st, the turning of the calendar. Our first star is about to turn 34. She has 72 credits, seven upcoming projects. So we'll just say 64. Nope, 65. 65. Uh, when we first started this podcast and first started playing Star Was Born, if Carter would have said she's turning thirty-four, I would have been like, ah, oh, kind of towards the middle of their life, then probably about halfway done, huh? Not anymore. I hope. Nope. Doesn't seem yeah, doesn't I, seem that much you old to me. At some point, that thirty-four was middle-aged. Well, we started in the seventeen hundreds when life expectancy was way low. Way sure. low. That's true. I way thought this person low. might get a like a whooping cough. And then pass away. She's got the bubonic, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm, 30, I'm 34 right now. Dang. Yeah. Interesting. I know. About to be 35. Old. Wow. Um, let's go Halfway. 65. Let's go the, the most recent the most recent listed credit. Yeah. A show called House Broken. Looks like it's about dogs. She voiced I, Bowie. Almost made a super niche Big Brother joke, but then I remembered Carter doesn't watch Big Brother. Sorry, guys. Only child. He do watch. He do watch Survivor though. He do watch Survivor. We got. I haven't seen the first. I haven't seen the first episode. Oh no! Okay, let's go. Let's go like sixty. Let's go sixty. Yeah. <sighs> this one's do I bad too? Do I punt to an easier one in the area, or do you nope. want to see it? All right. No. As herself in Nissan presents Thrill Driver. Oh, I think I know who this is, actually. You big Thrill Driver fan? I just feel like that's a commercial that I've seen. I could be wrong. That was 60. Oh, man. One more credit for this soon-to-be 34-year-old. Do you want to go, like, early? Or do you want to try and get something else recent? Um, I think probably more recent will be helpful, but we can go before 60 for sure. You want to just say 55? Go down by five yeah. every time? Yeah. Just Mercy. 2019 movie. It's a good movie. I think this is Brie Larson. Okay. 
I think. She feels like Nissan commercial would be in her repertoire at this point. I know she's been in a car commercial recently-ish. If I could remember, hang on, let's stop all the recordings really quick so my brain will activate and I can remember what Just Mercy is and then we'll pick the recording back up and we'll say somebody's name. I can't remember either. Let's say Brie Larson. Uh, Brie Larson, lock it in. Happy 34th birthday, Brie Larson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Job, of her seven upcoming projects, there's three I can't believe three, I got it because two, of a Nissan commercial. <laughs> three to be released this year, The Marvels, Scott Pilgrim Takes oh, yeah. Off, and Lessons in Chemistry. In production is good. an untitled CIA project, which there's probably been about 250 projects that were called that at one point. Untitled CIA <laughs> project. And then in development, The Good Luck of Right Now, Victoria Woodhull, and Lady Business. We have another I thought that today. was one movie for a second. I was like, that is nope. an unwieldy title. Nope. Mm-mm. This actress is about to turn 88 years old. Born October 1st. Happy birthday yesterday. She has 50 credits. A nice, clean, crisp fit. Mm. Doesn't work as hard as Brie, apparently. Probably not. You would say 49? Yeah, I do. Wow. I can't escape it. Minions, the rise of Gru. Oh my God. Why do I feel like it's Helen Mirren? Dude, I was just thinking that it's Helen Mirren. I kind of think it's Helen Mirren. Uh, you want to do like 45? Down by fives worked last time. <sighs> Despicable Me 3. Shut up. <laughs> Not even kidding, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great. You pick. Because when I pick them, they're Despicable Me. Let's go. Let's go 40. Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy. Like... Like Dwayne Johnson, Tooth Fairy? Oh, uh, sorry. That was the wrong one. We'll give it to you, though. Tooth Fairy. That was 41, technically. You got a freebie there. What's 40? Pip's Predicament, a pop-up adventure. It's Helen Mirren. What's a, what's a pop-up adventure? Like, it's just in the park one day? Oh, my brain went pop-up. Yeah, up. Helen Mirren. Oh, yeah, that's probably it. Because you know how they cast get, actors for books all the IMD time. Credits for books. <laughs> Internet mm, database. Well, I can't IBD, make an M IBDB. It's IBDB. IBDB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Helen Mirren. Lock it in. I feel good about Helen Mirren. Lock it in. First thought, best thought. Happy 88th birthday, Dame. Julie Andrews. Oh. Oh, oh she's, she's Gru's mom. Her late 80s. Mm-hmm. She's Gru's mom. Mm-hmm. Helen Mirren's not in her late 80s. That's not possible. Over 35, mm-hmm. all the same. Over 35, all the same to me. Helen Mirren is... You got, you got a weird preoccupation with age this last calendar year, my man. <laughs> she get that checked out. 78. So she ain't, she ain't too far off. Helen Mirren, seventy-eight. Yeah, Julie so like it wasn't a it wasn't like a stupid thing to think that she was in that she was who we were talking I mean, about. She's a decade younger. It's a decade. Yeah. It's a decade off, but it's a decade. Julie off. Andrews, uh, great. I love Julie Andrews. Now for a today <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday to this gentleman, turning seventy-two. It's pretty or close 19, to Julie Andrews, fifty-one, one hundred and eighteen. Acting credits with one upcoming. Wow. So we'll say, we'll say wow. Uh, actually, no, I don't know why it says upcoming. It's, that's a 2017 movie that it says is an upcoming project. Maybe it just never finished. 118 credits. 72. 116. Sure. Only murders in the building. I got three guesses Steve Martin, Martin Short, Nathan Lane. I don't think Nathan Lane's that old. Is he not? 
Seventy what? Seventy two? Seventy three? Um, I'm getting a lot of heat around one ten. Yeah, let's see one ten. Where the water tastes like wine. Video game. Can we get a year on that? Two thousand eighteen. Let's try and nail Father of the Bride. Hmm. So that would be like uh, probably in like the seventies. Yeah, seventy-six. Yep. Trombones. Excuse. And, trombones? and that is what? Oh, it's from the Music Man. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were saying it was a credit called Trombones. I thought so as well. <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove. John Goodman? Is John Goodman in Only Murders in the Building? Is he 72? Yeah, I would believe that. It's not Patrick Warburton. It's definitely not David Spade. Is John Goodman in Only Murders? Is Sting in Emperor's New Groove or is it just Uh, pretending to be Sting? No, it is Sting. Sting has a song in the credits. It's This is Sting. Is Sting in Only Murders? He is. He is in season one. Yeah, he lives in the building. Sting. It's Sting. Lock it in. Lock it in, Sting. Happy 72nd birthday today. A true muse of this podcast, Sting. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, he was pegged to do kind of what they hoped Phil Collins, like, a Phil Collins vibe of like Tarzan, if y'all remember us talking about uh-huh. that. Uh, yeah, and then had a, a whole thing, a whole soundtrack made, and they yep. didn't really go with it. Sting, dude. 72. Man, if we hadn't gotten Emperor's New Groove, there was no chance. Yeah, no way. Has 72 looked so good. Well, I know a secret. I, <laughs> I saw him. I, well, I know his. It's not a secret. I know how it's not a secret. <laughs> It's not a secret. You can look it up. Maybe not kids around, but I'd look it up. <laughs> um, I've looked it up. 4K every day. Um, he, I, if you look, I heard if you, I heard if you look it up, they, uh, your computer calls the police. Mm-hmm. The nice. police, like his famous band that his he famous in. band known as <laughs> the police. Later on, his famous band known as Sting. <laughs> Uh, I've heard when he retires, he's officially changing his name to Stung. He's Stung. <laughs> Stang. It's Stang. Stang. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I, guys, I meant to share. I've got a little bit more news, if that's okay, before we reach yeah. uh, shout announcements. Yeah. Did you yeah. hear? Let's have a conversation around this. So the Golden Globes have introduced two new categories. Have you heard about this? No. Mm-mm. One of them being stand-up comedy. So there's just tons of it. I mean, if if any streaming platform that feels like it's the main page. That's awesome. Um, I like that. But the big one, let's talk about this for a little bit while we dance around Struck Media. The big one is blockbusters. The Golden Globes is introducing a category called blockbusters. That is, it's a hybrid a little bit. And it's interesting in how they're trying to measure this. There's the objective and the subjective, right? The objective of it has to make something like over $200 million, but over $100 million domestically. But it's doing this Mm. thing. When I read the description, it's trying to award like creative blockbusters, essentially is what they're saying. So this is not going to mean that, hey, Fast and Furious is coming in because it made so much money. This Marvel movie is coming in because it made so much money. It feels like, this is the effect of a recent blockbuster that we saw with some of our friends. Does it not? Do you come think up, they had the up. idea to have yeah. a blockbuster nomination before Barbie? Mm. So here's my only thought is how many, other than Barbie, which is like making waves and history, how many creative, fresh blockbusters are going to meet that criteria? Right. I think that's so weird to me. And like how many movies are getting pulled out of there? Because Golden Globes does like comedy slash musical, 
right? They're and very like, creative with that stuff. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, this, if their, this happens their categories the are already Awards. stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if this happened at the Academy Awards, you take Black Panther, right? Which was it was a big deal that it was nominated for Best Picture. Does it get nominated right. twice? Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It's a cool idea to honor blockbusters that are keeping it fresh. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I you know who's know probably super stoked on this? I bet Marty Scorsese is stoked out of his mind about this, oh, about blockbusters yeah. getting some recognition. He keeps going Big straight to streaming, fan. so he won't even qualify. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. like, If I'm Denis Villeneuve and I've done Dune, yeah, I get awarded this but not the stuff… I don't know. I don't know what matters to him. My hope is yeah, it's more about the creative process than any award that you get. It feels like sloppy seconds to be like, hey, I feel, I mean, to be honest though, I feel like for a lot of these guys who would, who would win awards, a lot of these creatives who would, would win these awards, I think the Golden Globe, winning a Golden Globe is like, oh, cool, great. I really think that it's the Golden Globes in general feel like the kind of like, Oh, okay, huh. that's fine. Yeah, but Oscars are like what is more legitimate to me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, you think like Wes Anderson can't be a part of this? His movies never make that much money, so it's like Greta Gerwig if she stays on this, you know, heat check right now. Uh, yeah, Christopher Nolan, Denis Villeneuve, these are guys that are consistently making. But there's not even one. There's not even consistently one of those per year. That's what feels weird to me. It's like we're gonna hit a year where it's like. Crap, the Three. only movie. Yeah, it's like really Avengers early 11, yeah. Avengers 11, Transformers 7, and then the new Godzilla. And it's like, those are what you have to pick from for the Golden Globe. Yeah. I guess I would be more interested maybe if the criteria was less about money earned and maybe more about like budget. Like if it was like something that had a blockbuster style budget but managed to do something fresh with it rather than cookie cutter. Yeah, It's ironic not to be that guy it's just ironic to me that it seems like the bigger the movie, the less exciting it's. Like, the the current trend is the bigger the franchise, the bigger the movie, the bigger the budget, the safer it is. Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, it's always the argument for, like, art made to please everybody is art that ends up pleasing nobody. And I think mm-hmm. we can see that play out in Star Wars. I think we can see that play out in… Um, a lot of the newer Marvel things, I think we can see that play out with, um, I mean, all kinds of franchises. And then you have Fast and Furious, which seems like it's like art made to please one person. Made specifically person. for Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. Maverick would have done well, but it's like, uh, yeah. something that's interesting too is when you look at, so if we talk about the Academy Awards, the most illustrious movies, meaning they got the most awards you know, outside of everything, everywhere, all at once, that did end up being somewhat of a blockbuster. It would have met this criteria. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like Titanic, Lord of the Rings, Gone with the... All of these things were making bukus of money and yeah. were yeah. really good. So why is it that the the cream of the crop in terms of the awards also happened to make a ton of money? I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's yeah. such because, an interesting relationship. I think it's because the idea of movies being an investment is stronger now than it ever has been. They've always been an investment, obviously, for producers and funding and things like that. But I just think that, I think that movies as an investment rather than a creative endeavor is a stronger factor now than it's ever been. Oh, yeah. Or at least it seems to be from the consumer side of things. Mm-hmm. It totally feels like it's not going to get greenlit unless it has franchise and toyetic potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, and, it's all a brand thing. Yeah. And to... Be really honest too. Everything, everywhere, all at once is a movie that we were really excited about to do well. I think a lot of people can paint it as an underdog story, but A24 is a leading production company right now. You had a seminal action actress, like one of the best of all time, and had a budget. Like they, it's not like they were just trying to manufacture. Yeah, the impressive part of of everything, everywhere's win is not that it was like underfunded or some scrappy ragtag team that came together. It was that the idea itself was so ambitious and weird mm. that it shouldn't yeah, yeah. have had the mass appeal that it had. Yeah. That's what made it, I think, stand out is not that it was just like a scrappy underdog story come to life, but more like, I can't believe more people than me like this. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's so, true. Very interesting, good. interesting stuff. It's fun to talk about movies, huh? It's fun to talk about movies. And we're going to talk about a movie even more after shout announcements, which is, uh, by coincidence, right now. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Got a big announcement for movie number two. Technically movie number four. In our, uh, yeah, I don't know what what did we decide to call this chunk of chunk of ween chunk of chunk of. Chunk, oh, it's Chunktober. It's certainly Chunktober. I know it's Chunktober. I know it's Chunktober. That's and why that's you said Chunk of ween because you knew it was Chunktober. Things have subtitles, and you know this. <laughs> Chunktober for Chunk of ween. Oh yeah. no, 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 that doesn't sound Foreign. like something we would do. Yeah, no, that's no, yeah, Foreign. you're right. That's a crazy thing to assert. <laughs> we would never do something stupid. No, all of our all of Grow our jo- every every series that we have is snappy and clever four and, and easily up, to remember. Read a book. Foreign, like the number four. Yeah. Great. So the next movie that we will be reviewing is a little a little French ditty. French, yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little French piece, a little French ditty. Known as Ra. And I'd like to I'd like I'd like to remind you all that you voted for it. So thanks. Yay. You picked it. You picked it. If you don't like it, sorry, pick something different. Yay. You don't get to not like it. You (laughs) voted for it. You ordered this. You walked up to the counter and said, I'll have one raw, please. And they brought it to you. And now you don't get to cry. About eating people. I would just love for you to remember that we could have been watching a Guillermo del Toro flick and you chose a French movie about eating people. The Diego del Gorbo disrespect in this vote it's insane has me questioning me. how well I know our audience. I know. <laughs> I thought I thought Devil's Backbone was like guaranteed first or second place. I I yeah. I would have bet money that Baba Duke was first or second place, but man, Baba I Duke. really thought that Devil's Baby Backbone Duke? was right there. Yeah. Baby Duke. The ba- Baby. The- Baba Duke. The Babadook? Arnar, it's the Babadook. Arnar. Arnar, the Babadook. Are you guys going to watch that one with subtitles too? To just complete the experience? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I watch Love Island with subtitles, I might be watching Babadook with subtitles. (laughs) I had to watch a lot of uh, Peaky Blinders with subtitles just because they they mumble so much and in so many Uh different dialects that I was constantly having to shift my head between like, okay, that one's kind of Scottish. Okay, I got to switch back. That one's pretty posh British. Okay, I got to switch back. That one's a little Irish actually. Okay, that one's- I watched like, Rings of Power with subtitles and it's because I got like 10 minutes in the first episode and was like, oh, about 80% of these things that they're saying are not real words. Yeah. I need, mm-hmm. I need Almost to none of this script is real things. You're like, what? <laughs> what happened? To his <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, doing raw with no subtitles, just going on feeling. Mm. Just just doing raw, raw raw. I think raw raw, so, dude. There's that. Cheer him on. Wish I hadn't said it. That's the end of shout announcements. Goodbye. Welcome back to the show, and that's this. Doge, give me a synopsis so we can talk about our movie this week. Mm. I've missed. I need to flex these muscles. I feel like a little yeah, little stiff and sore. It's atrophy. been a while. Yeah. It feels good. This week's IMDb synopsis has no author, which of course means that it crawled its cursed form out of our analog televisions it's to walk the world and wreak havoc. A beautiful little IMDb. 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 Rango is an ordinary chameleon who accidentally winds up yeah. in the town of Dirt, a lawless outpost oh. in the Wild West, in desperate nope. need of hey. a new sheriff. Yeah. Doge. Hmm. Ringu. Cla- and then that and that's an example of a classic kind of gaff I would have done back when movies were legal. <laughs> I was waiting for it to get funny or get scary, man. Yeah, the whole time I was like, I guess lizards oh, are freaky. But I was like, yeah, I guess Johnny Depp's a, a chameleon in a cool flower shirt. <laughs> the real synopsis. A reporter and her ex-husband investigate a cursed videotape that is rumored to kill the viewer seven days after watching it. Very good. 
Um, <clears throat> have you guys seen the uh, the American version? Bits yes. and pieces, maybe. I think it was one that was on at a party, but I don't think I watched it all. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. I definitely know everybody was doing the. The Americanized version is a little bit more flashy, I think, with our, with our big bad, but like that's yeah. the one that had the like. Uh, that's, is that the that's ring? The grudge, I believe. That's the grudge. Never mind then. I don't think I've seen the ring. I, I saw also the ring seen the ring in like middle school. Um, I haven't seen it since, so I really don't remember all that much about it. Other than, um, I think there were some elements of it that I liked at the time, but I remember the VHS tape part being a little more like manufactured feeling. And not quite as yeah. like re- realistically like found footagey weird. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. I remember the VHS tape being like like a graphic a graphic artist's like college <laughs> final is what it felt like. <laughs> That's funny. But that, that it's like really slick. I think they That's also funny. show the girl's name in the American version is Samara, and I think they show uh-huh. her face a lot more, um, which so I don't much like. More. I don't. Yeah. I think it's more interesting this way. Yeah, so, um, much more. so since we're doing this like back half discussion thing, which is different, we and our time is shorter. Um, I'm going to change up sort of our flow of discussion. Um, mm. And I think I guess I missed the just... e- I guess I missed the email or text where you were like, "Can I do that?" I saw mm. it. You were CC. Oh, weird. Dude, I, I guess it. I. Mm, I guess you didn't see it come through. Huh? I asked your mm. I asked your mom to text you on my behalf. Did she not do that? <laughs> <laughs> Got him, dude. So I think we just jump right in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I don't get the hype. Mm. I don't get the hype. It didn't. It was this. This was a. This movie was like fine to me. Um, it was not. I'll tell you what. It wasn't. Is scary at <laughs> virtually any point. Um, yeah. And maybe it would have been if I saw it back when it first came out. And it hadn't been parodied a thousand times, and cultural yeah, osmosis sure. didn't just tell me everything about it. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's the curse. Maybe I'm living the Seinfeld of horror movies here. Um, but uh, not scary, number one. And also, I there there were like significant hurdles in my enjoyment here that I didn't see coming, based on reputation. If that mm. makes sense. Like what? Um, okay. So I really struggled with, and I think this is probably my super dump. Um, so the first 30 minutes are like perfectly paced. They're mm-hmm. creepy. They are, it's a slow burn of like dread. Yeah. And then once the timer starts, our pace doesn't change. And our main yeah. character seems to have no sense of urgency to save her own life or her son's life whatsoever and yeah. at one point they just sit down to a normal dinner and just enjoy <laughs> a normal dinner and it's like if you are buying into this tape you're dead in 48 hours move go do yeah. not take no for an answer keep asking it, questions it feels like it moving. could have it could have been an hour i think it's an hour yeah. 36 and i think it could yeah. have been a real solid hour like a real solid episode of black mirror pace you know what i mean yeah i'm happy with i'm happy with the hour and a half if we just have some move with some urgency you know what i mean like yeah. even the well scene which i think is the best scene in the whole movie the two buckets yeah two yeah what are we doing <laughs> two much water down there i don't know man it just felt like this whole movie was like you're gonna die in seven days and it's like dang that's crazy anyway <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. probably worry about that in like six days or so. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. It was the tone so, didn't match, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And that's it's my a funny. Tone. I feel like I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't trying to convince myself to like it. There was a a lot that I enjoyed about it, but it did feel like it didn't know in terms of a genre, it was in between. There was so much about really our main character, uh, Asakawa. She was tropey. She was horror movie. Sure. I would even say horror movie female tropey of like yeah. naive. Uh, my super dump is just how it felt slashery when I don't think it's supposed to be because there's also so much creativity that we, we we would even see in one of our favorite Chunktober installments, which was It Follows, in that, yeah. you know, the twist at the end is, oh, she didn't 
get attacked because she showed it to somebody else, right? So here's this looming final destination, it follows-esque, and, and we've talked about yeah. how, you know, it's, it's it, yes, you can give credit while credit is due, but you also have to appreciate your first viewing and how that, how that went. But I enjoyed sure. the creativity of it, but same. I, di- I didn't like how much Asakawa just felt like she needed help. Um, yeah, sure. Because liked- the turn at the end to where she just becomes like vendetta-y didn't make sense to me. The smile, it felt like I should have heard yeah. like a electric guitar riff. She's going to go <laughs> show someone else the movie yeah. now to save her son kind of thing. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. The movie to save her son. Yeah, I didn't yeah. feel that motivation from her at no, all until either. that moment. I didn't feel that amount of agency. That, that amount of it's like, abrupt. I'll do whatever it takes to get it done. Yeah. yeah. I I, I want to be clear. Like, I had no interest. I don't. Th- I don't think any of my not interest. I had no issue with. I don't think any of my problem comes from performance. I think everybody probably no, did the job yeah. they were given very well. Yeah, performances were good. And it was engaging. I just think the direction of the sense of urgency and like the character decisions was off based mm-hmm. on what the tone of the threat was. I mean, the threat is so scary. Yeah. Yeah. That I think I just think you'd move a little quicker is my thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it's <laughs> and and also, I hate to be this guy, and I, I'm not going to harp on this kind of stuff for this whole discussion at all, I promise. But, like, why watch the movie if you know that That's everybody who watches it dies? And I get yeah, that you can do that with that. any horror movie, and then there's no plot. Yeah, but yeah. still. Why yeah. go in the room? Don't go in the room. Yeah. There, there's just no yeah. compelling reason to sit down and watch it just on a hunch. I, yeah, I was like, I, man. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's like the, the script is probably going to be my super dump for that reason is that I feel like it's like a lot of events happen in sequence. They happen sequentially, but I don't know that those are the best way to get the result that we get. Like, like we want our movie to end with her being like, I'm going to show my own dad this video to save my son. And I think that's a cool way to end this movie. But I, I don't know, man. I just feel like the, it's like you said, like why watch the movie? Why not like, They've been trying to avoid the movie, figure out what happened to her niece, and they go to uh, the the house, like on the island, uh, on the peninsula, on the and like he forces them to watch the video or something, like yeah. something. So they, like, I don't know, like him anymore or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know, man. It's just I feel like there is little and little things like like suddenly her ex husband, like three quarters of the way through the movie, is like it's because I'm not human, I'm not normal. It's like, oh, yeah, actually, he has the power to he has the power to read people's memories. You didn't know that? Oh, that's yeah. in this movie. It's I three quarters so of the way through. There's Japanese folklore about a type of like ghost or demon or something that can imprint memories on physical objects, which is what I think um, she's uh-huh. supposed to be. It's called um, ninja. Is, okay, yeah, and and I think that's what she's supposed to be, which is how. You know, when people touch the top of the well, they see the memories and things like that. And I think that's really awesome. And like, I really like that idea for a ghoulie. I think that's very fun. Can I harp yeah. for two more seconds and just be that guy? Can I just go ahead and like lean yeah. all the way in? I have two more significant issues with the plot that just completely kind of tanked my experience. And maybe I'm stupid and I would love to find out that I'm stupid and wrong. What was the end game with the well? Like at any I'm not point totally sh- where we revealed that like opening the well would end the curse or like forgiving her or, you know what I mean? Like at any point where we're yeah. supposed to be like Exhuming all she the body needs or is somebody. Yeah, like all, all Sadako needs is somebody to hug her and like be like a mother figure of like, I care for you, you're not alone and that's supposed to fix it. Like what was the point of going well, through all that trouble to find the body when yeah, she's I don't know why less than 48 hours to live. Why did our characters yeah. decide that's what they needed to do? Right. That's what wasn't horror clear to movies, me. I think what I'm realizing too is horror movies, there's so much culture behind different horrors, right? Sure. Ghosts, vampires, werewolves. Like you, you know that your audience is coming in with some kind of education on how to deal with these things. So in my mind, it was like the demon or ghost uh, needs to just have this one task done and they'll leave you alone. So I, yeah, but I yeah. shouldn't have to come up with that myself. Well, maybe I think it's is like, our problem is it needs to be a little bit more obvious. 
maybe maybe in Japan it would be super obvious. I don't know. Yeah, maybe sure. Maybe yeah. it's like if we watched a vampire movie and we found out that it was a vampire, so they grab a wooden stake and drive to the house. If you don't know anything about vampires, you'd be like, why are they doing this? So maybe there's something culturally that we're missing that would have put these pieces together for us. Yeah. And I think that's definitely possible. I think what yeah. feels more likely is there's no real logic behind it. But <laughs> yeah, it's definitely possible. And then my final, my final point that I'm gonna pick on. Um uh her husband didn't watch the copy. Eventually he did. I thought he did. Eventually he did, but he he asked for the copy to be made after he watched the original video. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Was the significance that it was a copy or did she the, said the, you she have to yeah, make a, a copy. copy? No, I think I don't think you have to copy it. I think you have to show it to somebody. I think so too, yeah. but she seems convinced that you have to make a copy and it feels weird to have a character convinced of something in the last two minutes of the movie that isn't true. Yeah, I think that was just how, it might've just been poorly represented. What was the reminder for her that she wasn't the last one to watch the movie? Yeah, could be. Yeah. Was that like, oh, that's she right. She said specifically I made a make a copy for though, I think. Right. But maybe and not. that was like the aha moment for her. It's like, oh, that's yeah. right. I made oh, yeah. a copy. But that's watched it more so recently confusing. than me. Yeah. And then also, I don't understand the significance of the minus plus sign at the end. I don't that was something his his student came and changed that at the beginning. I know, but the yeah, way saw the, that. the vibe of it felt like he saw the plus sign and was like, wait, we were wrong. It's not that. It's supposed to because it's the ghost equation. The ghost right. equation is right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. That that was the vibe of it was that he saw the plus sign and then something in the plus sign made him or minus sign or whatever made him be like, wait, it's because I watched it last. Oh no. Like, yeah, you know I don't what know. I mean? I it think felt it like was, we were supposed to put stuff together that I just didn't. Yeah, it put was so together. bizarre. I was trying to put it together. I didn't have the capacity because I didn't have enough, I didn't have enough calories to burn from the movie. Sure. I didn't really know how to work with that. Sure. But yeah, it ended up just feeling like, let's give him something to giggle about and have the complete juxtaposition of like, he's going to die. Like he's yeah. he's not worried anymore. Could he's be- just laughing about his, you know, assistant right before he dies to us. Yeah. But I, um, we talk about like, maybe there's something that we missed from the culture. Sure. And so, you know, there's only so much that we can do. And I know that there's, there's a, a wonderful thing too about going into just a movie in general with a touch of ignorance. Uh, the, I think Ringu is tough because we we have a general idea before we knew the elements yeah. that were born of it. Um, but the ignorance that was a big payoff for me was halfway through the movie seeing Hiroyuki Sonata and just being like, wait, I yeah, I, mean, I had yep. no idea. And then you go to I mean, IMDb <laughs> and he's the very last credited guy. I know. And yeah. that was the moment that I was like, you know what? It's not necessarily giving a movie grace because some of our favorite movies can do this thing of being like a time capsule and just not being touched again. Um, you know, specifically in Chunktober talking about like the thing. It's like no one's ever yeah. going to get close to that again. It's so very 80s, right? I mean, they it did remake kind of it a couple years ago, right? Extent. Yeah. 2011, And I think. so um, seeing Hiroki Sonata and realizing, oh, th- yo, this is… This was 25 years ago. This was 25, (laughs) 1998 was 25 years ago because I am used to this man being (laughs) this like sage old, I know, most capable character on the screen. And he still kind of held that, right? It did still feel like a Sonata role to an extent because he's got some, you know, supernatural power or something. But I thought he did well. I thought it was a fun surprise. I agree. But overall, my super dump is I don't think we had to make him her ex-husband. There was too much lining yeah. up. There's there's a thing with horror sometimes too, I think, where it's like, hey, it's it's because it's your destiny. I think about hereditary. And it's like, hey, yo, this guy was always meant to be possessed right. by this guy who's coming back to end the world. Um, there were too many connections with this specific family that ultimately didn't really have anything to do uh, with the girl, you know, in, in the well with Sadaka. Yeah. Uh, and so that just Sadaka. completely threw me off. I think they, I don't think they needed to be exes. It, it didn't, yeah, it, because there wasn't enough concern about, 
Yoichi about the sun from him until the very end yeah, when he was dude, in hysterics. And it yeah. was just like, I don't think this needs to to be here. That felt there was a bit of that that just kind of felt like lazy. It's like, was that easier? I don't think so. I think it kind of hurt the narrative that it was an ex-husband. Because sure. we also didn't see any kind of chemistry at all between them. They just felt like, hey, let's work together, buddy cop, mm. uh, <laughs> and investigate. It's like, I need to see what's the dynamic of, like, what happened? Why was there no uh, allusion to why they got a divorce? You know? It's like, right. I, I have, yeah. I really don't know. Right. Um, because then it's like, maybe there's sig- more significance to the well scene of like, oh, I realize, you know, I, I shouldn't be doing all the work. You need a break. I don't, I don't know. But there was so, also no, we're not trying to mend that relationship ever. No. It kind of felt like he didn't care. He cared more about yeah. himself. Hey, like, we better figure this out for my sake. And, oh yeah, I by the like way, I guess our son's her. got three more days after. <laughs> I felt like he wanted to help her, but I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It was all flimsy for me. Also, I do want to say, speaking of the well, again, in the U.S. version, I'm fairly certain that Naomi Watts is, she's the main character, and I'm fairly certain that she is tricked by Samara into opening the well, which then releases Samara to be even more powerful. Mm-hmm. And that might be what we're supposed to infer, but I don't feel like it was implied very well. Yeah, maybe the well being open is what lets her crawl out of the TV. But didn't she already do that to the niece at the very beginning of the movie? That's why she turns and yeah. looks at the TV? Yeah. Like, I that's what I'm so. saying. There's There doesn't seem to be an increase in power after the well for Sadako unless she didn't crawl out of the TV at the beginning, but I assume she did. I assume that's how she gets people most of the time, except for the people in the car with no TV around. So how'd she do that? Yeah. Um, because she has the power, because like that's that's one of the things that uh, her grandfather said is that she has the power to like just kill people, people by die, willing basically. willing them dead. So I don't know. I I would buy that the first time she ever crawled out of the TV is after the well's open at the end of the movie. Yeah, maybe. But Could I think be. that's a lot of legwork I've got to do. I, can I super pump though to kind yeah. of turn the yeah. turn the yeah. positivity train on? Uh, the restraint of not showing the monster is Ten really well done in the movie. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a a budget concern of like, hey, we, we've only got the money to do this real big one time. Sure. But the restraint of not showing the monster, I think is part of what made it feel slashery. Like, uh, or at least like maybe like The Thing or like Alien, where it's like, we know that there is something horrible happening and it's always just outside of the edge of our vision. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I, I loved, I loved the restraint of not showing the monster. Until the very end. Yeah, I think that's yeah. great. And she's effective. And she's super the, scary. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our director um, is is big horror guy. Like, he's mainly doing horror movies. Yeah. Um, and he was super influenced by Poltergeist. Yeah, um, I can see that. Oh, which cool. Mentioned, which yeah. makes a lot of sense with the TV element of things. I yep. So, my super pump is… They did a great job of lingering on the videotape. The moments where we're speeding it up and slowing it down and zooming in on the static and yeah. like the kind of poor quality of the video, that was that was scary because yeah. I found the tape myself, is like genuinely creepy for sure. Yeah, yeah, I find myself like looking at the reflection of the television because they've already given us right that hey, sometimes the monster can be in the reflection. Right. And so it it really made me uneasy. Anytime it feels like a terrifying, like what is the art that was really popular in the 90s to where like you, I never could do it. You look at the image and kind you of- Magic Eye? A, magic Eye? Yeah. yeah. You like gotta look past it, ma- dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I can never the terror, do it. Terror Magic Eye of it all, of just sure. being like, hey, you can't look away. Can I, can I mention something else? It's not a super pump, but it's something we're gonna experience for- the majority of the rest of our Chunktober series with these foreign films. Sure. It's terrifying that I have to read what they're saying. I, it's terrifying that <laughs> I can't look away. I'm used to like averting or just being like, okay, this is too scary. I better look down. It's like, but I'm going to miss something. They're talking. Well, yep. shoot. <laughs> yeah, I can't not I look. That. I have to look. Yeah, that's funny. So, yeah. yeah. I thought I, that was great. So, my, my super pump is also just everything to do with the VHS tape. It's perfectly creepy, even though it does super remind me of like the cinema of the unsettling that Gabe shows everybody in the office. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> dude, I just think the tape is so effective and so creepy. It's the scariest thing about the movie to me. Is just like yeah. her mom brushing her hair, the mirror changing and showing Sadako for just a second, the people climbing, the word eruption. Like it all fits together and works really well. And I think the tape is easily the standout horror star yeah. of this yeah. movie. And also the tape and Sadako herself, you can really see between that and then also maybe just overall tone, you can really see the inspiration on Western horror after this yeah. because this was yes. like yep. the Japanese horror breakout that kind of made its way to the West in a big way. Yeah. And um, you you can really see the inspiration from this movie in Western horror post Absolutely. Ringu, which I think is really yeah. um, unique and cool. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just um, love how different everything looks for this series. Yeah, I same. Think it's yeah, be completely different experiences. It's so fun when you're you're. It's one thing to have like expect something from a director and like, hey, here's their vibe. But like culturally now, it's a completely yeah. Yeah. different game. So I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm really pumped. Um, let's uh, let's rate this movie using the scientific cinema scale, which is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. Cassette. The next best. The next buy best buy the tape. Show it to your dad. Show it to your dad to save your son. Um, the next best thing is buy it. It's followed by rent and then stream it. After that is forget it and last, but certainly least the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. The UK cover of this on the back had an advisory that said that they are not responsible for any injuries or fatalities from uh, watching and viewing that film. Yeah. I love that. That's fun. That's great. That's fun. I think I was expecting something a little bit slightly more meta at the end of it of like, now that you've watched this movie, you've watched the tape. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt the same way. I, I, Um, how I felt about the movie overall is a rent. Hold on. Hold on. What? It's just, it's our first cinema scale back. I wanted some pomp and some circumstance. I wanted some How do I circumstance this? You know what I mean? I just wanted some flavor. What are you waiting for? We haven't done done any better. We haven't done a scientific cinema scale in a while because of the strikes. Of a movie in a minute, yeah. Yeah, it's our first one. No, we've done scientific stuff scale, but we haven't done a scientific cinema scale in a minute. I just wanted some flavor, some art, you know? Mm. No, yeah, do, do it your way, though. Hear ye, yes. hear ye. <laughs> those who choose to listen and even those who choose not to. Yes. It is me, Carter, and my <laughs> rating on this grand scale upon of all the scales is rent. Woo. I rent it. I rent it. Yeah, I rent this movie. It's valid. Yeah, it does enough. I mean, it was uh, to be able to understand the effect that it had when really ultimately you can tell like, hey, 15 minutes of this movie did a lot for a lot of other movies to come decades later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But disappointed it was only those 15 minutes. I was kind of hoping for the whole thing, the whole shebang. Um. I am streaming it out of respect for the impact that it had. It would likely be a forget it if not for the cultural relevance of the movie. I didn't. I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It was fine. I thought the first 30 minutes were especially strong and set up a promise that the rest of the movie just couldn't deliver on. Um, But I understand its cultural impact. I think if I watched it when it came out, I would have a much higher rating and a much greater fondness for it. But as things stand, not for me, not my favorite. It's a stream. I'm going to stream it as well because the vibe is great. This is great, like real fun horror. Atmosphere, atmosphere like totally. s- slightly campy. Like when you stop to think about it, it's actually- Had a cabin kind in of, the woods. Yeah, it's kind of silly that there's a cursed VHS tape. Like, oh, kind I, of? I love- Is it a little bit silly? I love Doge? that vibe. <laughs> it's just not very realistic. Like I was hoping <laughs> for something like a little bit more, like it could come true at one point. A little bit um, unrealistic. But yeah, it's a fun vibe. Uh, this is a it's a good stream for me. I had a fun time watching it. I'm not yeah. dying to watch it again, no. uh, but I do have to show it to somebody, or I will die, or you will die. Yeah, you that better hurry up. That is true. So watch it, chunkies, please, for our own sake. For please, our sake, please, please, you have to watch it. And, and if you, you want more it, episodes of the podcast, you have to watch it. <laughs> do it at our behest. If you voted for it, you have to watch it. That's my new rule. You have yeah, to, and you have to tell Sadako that we sent you. Yeah, You'd be like. 
hey, what's up, Sadako? The podcast guys, they told me they told me to watch this. Just so tell they're her the good. Fellas Leave them you. alone. Hi. She'll she'll know who you're talking about. Just tell her the fellas. <laughs> yeah. This this and this yeah, watch I mean, is courtesy of the fellas. Next time you see her, you know, split her soggy face and give her skull a hug. You know, mm. do it for me. See, I really thought, I really thought that was going to be the thing of like, Sadako just wanted somebody to care about her. And she yeah. was like reaching from beyond the grave, just reaching out for like help or to be acknowledged. Like, I thought sure. it was going to be one of what those if she's like a, a lovely bone situation. Yeah. What if she's only killing like mothers of children? See, I don't even think because her mother is the one that wouldn't it be so much more interesting if she was killing professors who were She's killing grandpas only. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, she, she's only going after peepaws in this one. But like <laughs> Hiroyuki's character was a professor with an estranged child. Like it just feels like Yeah. All the pieces were there for this to be like she's she's going after people that remind her of her father who tried to kill her. And mm, yeah, can't have that. It just wasn't that, though. Wasn't you know? that? Yeah. Not that I'm saying that's the only way to fix, quote unquote, this movie, which feels so asinine. What? And- hey, what do you, what do you, comma, absolutely no one, comma, yeah, sure, think think would make Ringu a better movie? Yeah. Uh, well, here's what I think would improve uh, one of the most revered horror movies of the modern day. Um, me. First of all, English. If I can't understand it, it's probably not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First of all, reading. Let's start by making it something I can understand. Reading? No thanks. <laughs> yeah. Ew. No. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about Raw, a little French ditty. Um, I, th- Bro, I think it's like a from what I hear about little the period piece about. Nah, from what I hear about French horror is like, yeah, they do not pull punches. This is going to be romantically gory. Cool. Awesome. Thanks I for voting for they, this. I everyone. heard that they slide some human meat in between uh, some sliced baguette. Ooh. Mmm. 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 Aromas. Do you guys think? So, this is a Smeagol's movie about. favorite movie. <laughs> Raw and the sequel, Wriggling. Mmm. Do you guys. So, this is a movie about food in France, which probably has Paris in it. Do you think Ratatouille's in it? One hundred percent. She's a Only veteran. Yes. She's a. She works as a vet. Oh, how she okay. Discovers this taste. So, and then the mouse. Yeah. The mouse well, sits on her head, her. pulls her marionette mm-hmm. strings, and makes her cook people. Yep. yep, sits in her mouth. Yep, I'm excited. I heard it ends because uh, Ray Fiennes just makes her a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> do we sign off anymore? Yeah. Do, do, do we do that? Do we, yeah. Like, how do we end this episode? How do we end movie episodes? I don't remember. You give you tell us. I want you to give me your name and can, and can then we say something interesting. Yeah, that's true. Can that's we give our name and then give our best Ringu eye? Yeah, yeah, that seems that's great only for our interesting podcast. for us. Let's do it. Well, we might push it to. That means maybe people will see. It, maybe if we do a clip or something. No, let's know? go. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, for it's for for to end. I think for this one, we'll give our name and our best Ringu eye for two chunks and a hunk. I'm Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I just, I had to no scope that because I couldn't see my screen. So it's pretty good. I'm Doge. I have advanced camera control. So you're going to watch me create the Ringu Eye in real time. <laughs> it sure is real time, isn't it? I have to go thoughtfully. <laughs> and then I have to go up like this. Nope, that's nope. side to side. <laughs> I'll go up like this. So and then I'll go creepy. like that. I'll go that, that. Yep. I'll, no, you got and it. And I'll go like that. I'll go like that. And then I'll take my glasses off. And then I'll get even closer. And I'll move my microphone. And I, I'll go like, probably like. Yes. That's, yeah, dude. That's. Ooh. And that's just a sample of how good I can get do. Get your ring big eye. face out of here, please. <laughs> no, I'll do the rest of the show like this, probably. Uh, I'm Carter, and how do I black out my screen? Can can you do that, Doge, with your? Just cover it. You can't turn can't it black off. out your screen. Can I do that? Wait, put your yeah. Turn your camera off. Put your mouse over oh, the camera oh, thing yeah. and turn the camera. <laughs> Great. Okay. <laughs> Dude, if this was R-rated, this would totally go into my butt right now. I was just. Gonna- <laughs>
gonna say if this is your butthole, I quit the podcast. Oh, but I can't un. Wait, I can't. Yeah, just this leave not, your mouse be my in the jowls. same spot. I can't. I'm picking it up. It's fine. I can't like hold it and do the thing. Jowls. But let's try. Let's just try this. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good. good one. That's a pretty good Rango. one. Rango. 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 Unchained. Do. <laughs> Do your Ringo eye. Now do your best Ringo accent. Hey guys. What do we play? I play some drums today. Oof. That was just the vultures <laughs> from Jungle Book. I don't know. What do you want to do today? <laughs> oh, oof. I totally lost Ringo. Rango I've now. Seen, I've oh, never man. seen Rango before. Isn't he just I've also never seen Rango. Me? It's good. Tune in next week as we. Talk about Rango. Rango, I guess. I don't know. Rango. I guess that, that's got to be unstruck media. Nobody's creating rank, Rango content, right? Probably not. Probably not. We are. No, we're not. We're doing raw. <laughs> Just to clarify. Just to clarify. Let's take a click. Oh.